Well, I've certainly enjoyed our, uh, my time with you these last couple of weeks and uh, looking forward to uh, wrapping this uh, series up and hope it's been a help and a blessing to you. We're talking about walking with God, using this phrase that we see throughout the scripture about uh, the way we interact with the Lord. And it has to do with this day in and day out. And so if you're interested in uh, a walk with the Lord, then uh, it's going to start and, uh, and continue and stop with the Word of God. So the Lord reveals himself in Jesus, and we all want a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And that relationship is you're going to find in the Scripture. So this is the uh, sort of the crux of the whole thing, and, and that is your relationship with God or Jesus will be based upon your relationship with his word. Said another way, the success of your walk will be in direct correlation to your success in his word. Now don't let that bum you out if you're not a Bible person. You say, well, I just never had much experience with the Bible or I don't have the, you know, I've just not worked it into my routine. I don't want it to be a, a, a downer thing for you, but I do want you to consider seriously how you would develop a relationship with a God who is primarily revealed to us in Scripture without having the relationship uh, with the Scripture. Now, Sunday mornings, uh, Sunday to Sunday is wonderful, and I think that's the, the Scripture says the Lord gave apostles and prophets and preachers and teachers and evangelists for the edifying of the saints for the work of the ministry. And so you're here this morning listening to the Word of God preached and taught, uh, but I would uh, just encourage you to consider adding it into your everyday life. And especially with today, like the app that Pastor Eric mentioned a while ago, this uh, version app, you can, you can have it read to you. You can have a verse sent to you every morning. Just, you know, toggle the notifications and it'll send you a verse and start there and just see where it might go. But because your relationship with the Lord is going to be in direct correlation to your relationship uh, with his word. And so I've been asking this question, and that is, how does his word speak to you? I've uh, mentioned these, uh, these sort of three categories. When we go to his word, how does his word speak to us? And uh, week one was providence. And so when I go to the Bible, uh, first and foremost, it tells, me about a God of pro it tells me about a God of power who has all power. And so that, and that's the main purpose for the word of God is to build faith in that God, Right? So the main purpose of the Word of God is not to tell you what to do, though it does tell you what to do. I've heard people say, and I've said it myself, the Word of God is like a manual, right? Tells you how to keep the car running. Well, unless you're a gearhead, nobody really likes enjoying reading the manuals much, right? Or I've heard this, you know, somebody say it, it, it's like a, 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 like a college rule book or it, it's like a handbook. Well, who enjoys college handbooks other than the people who are like sticklers for the rules that rat on the rest of us, and we don't like you for that. So uh, it, is, it is rules, and it'll give you guidelines and all of that, but primarily, the Scripture is meant to build your faith in the God of the Scripture. So, and that helps us to understand, and we run to Him, uh, and we look to Him for our hope uh, when, when we're in the valley. We look to here in that... Uh, in that darkest moment, I'm resting in his excellence. I'm looking at the scripture and, and resting in the things that he has guaranteed uh, for me. Then uh, last week, we talked to you about this idea. It's also a book of principles. 
So when you go to the Word of God, yes, it'll tell you about this God of the Bible that you can have a wonderful, beautiful relationship with, and he is in charge, and he is all-powerful, and he is a great God to know. And, and then it'll, it'll, you'll read about Jesus, and you'll want to have a relationship with that Jesus. And that same Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so you're having a relationship with that God. But also, you'll discover that in this Bible are just a ton of principles. Principles by which to guide our life. So it'll help you with your marriage and your home and raising kids. It'll tell you how to be a good boss, tell you how to be a good employee, tell you how to treat a good neighbor, and even tell you how to treat a bad neighbor. It's all right here, a a, a bunch of principles. And those principles are, are here to help you do the things that you can do. And I said this last week, I've lived here, I live here most of my, most of my time in the scripture, I'm looking for principles and I'm looking to follow some examples, right? And th- living by these principles are going to increase my odds for a good life. I think I, I said it something like, and it was actually uh, Andy Stanley that says, uh, uh, Jesus, will make, Jesus will make life better and make you better at life, right? Uh, this book of principles will make life better and make you better at life. However, the book of principles doesn't really speak much to accidents, disease, Sickness, things that come at you that can't be answered by the principles. Though it will uh, increase your odds for a better and better life as you incorporate those principles uh, 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 into your life. So, principles, I totally get. It's kind of academic. They're right there. You know, it's just a matter of studying. And and then this is where, you know... uh, uh, preaching and teaching comes in and in books and the audio books and the seminars and the conferences that you attend and you're going to accumulate principles after principles after principles. You put those into your life and you will see your life get better, right? And, and then w- when I'm finding myself in the deep dark valley and things aren't turning out and I'm just sort of wondering about the future, I'm also making sure I rest in the providential hand of God. There is this other faith, and I'm calling it prayer, but basically sort of as a, a representative of this idea of personal involvement. In other words, I get it, he's a, God of, he's a God of providence and I can read about him. Almost like historical, though I know he's here and he is keeping all the, you know, in him all things consist. And I get it, this is a book of principles, ancient wisdom as it is, it is wisdom uh, through and through. But as you read the Bible, you'll also find out that God's people, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, prayed out to this God of providence, and God actually got himself involved in their personal lives. And there's just no way in the world to read it and separate yourself from the possibility that God wouldn't involve himself in your individual life. And then so when you read about this all-powerful God and you come to find out that he is your father and he's the king of kings and lord of lords and you're a child of the king, but in some way, somehow, I'm going to separate myself from that and I'm not going to expect that king of kings and lord of lords to individually get involved with my life when I read it over and over and over again. So it, this, this book will also guide you and lead you into a personal involvement with this God who expressed himself in the, in the person of Jesus. 
who you call upon to be your Savior and dwells within you, brings the Holy Spirit, who is God himself, dwells within you. And now you've got this communication with this God and to believe that that God hears my prayer. Dear friend, that's pretty amazing and pretty powerful. James 5 says this. James, the half-brother of Jesus, uh, the pastor there in Jerusalem, uh, says this. Uh, is there, any, sick, or is there uh, any among you afflicted or hurting? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And notice this. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man and put a little parenthesis right there or mark that word and then go over and look in Romans where it talks about the imputed righteousness. In other words, it depends upon whose righteousness you're depending upon. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. In other words, uh, I'm, I'm counting upon the righteousness of Christ, not my own righteousness, not my own goodness. Availeth much. Verse 17, I love this example that he gives. He tells of Elijah. He could, have, he could have used a hundred illustrations of prayer, and he uses Elijah. And he said, Elijah prayed, and it didn't, he prayed for it not to rain, and it didn't rain for three years. And Elijah prayed again, and it rained. And the earth gave its fullness. Isn't that a, isn't that a, wonderful, isn't that a wonderful imagery? Because, friend, if you've ever seen ground that hasn't seen rain in three years, you would look at that ground and say, there is no way this thing's coming back to life. That thing would be dusty and dirty, and, and there would, you would just say, just everything here has to be dead. And you would be right until the water hits it. And then once the water hits it, it gives forth life. That which in us we think to be dead, the things that we believe that just beyond, it's just beyond, that there's just no way that this can work. There's just no way that God can come through in this thing. Dear friend, I'm telling you, that, that's exactly why uh, James used Elijah there. He wanted us to know that even when it seems the darkest, even when it seems like the dingiest, that there is a God in heaven that we can call upon and life can spring forth again uh, when we pray. And so that's this idea here, that he gives us healing. Principles, I can do. But sometimes I need something more than principles. I need healing. I live here most of the time, but to be quite honest, I long for here. I'm following examples here, and I'm, to be quite honest, I'm seeking experiences here. Who doesn't want to experience this God? And isn't it a mean trick to give me this Bible and tell me to ignore all the God stuff? It, wouldn't it be a mean trick to give you this Bible and say, oh yeah, all that time where God came through for the people and God answered and God healed and God showed up and God expressed his power and God showed his power? Yeah, yeah, probably not for you today. Come on, you can't do that. And so you give me a Bible and you tell me this is my, this is my guidebook, this is, my, this, this is how I'm going to get to know that God, but there's a whole lot in here that's not for me? No, dear friend. And so he says, uh, so uh, I'm... I, this is the area in which I'm, I am seeking that, uh, that personal, whether sometimes we'll say, uh, we'll say things like, uh, God showed up. I went to a conference, and boy, the Spirit was just, the Spirit was, so, and we know God's everywhere all the time. 
But you probably also have been in a prayer meeting or a gathering somewhere, been studying the Bible together, and just the, there's just this presence of the Lord in the place. And we'll use phrases like that, God showed up. Sometimes we'll talk about God granting favor, God anointing, God feeling, uh, uh, filling us with a spirit. Uh, I, I use the phrase, and preachers and teachers use the phrase uh, quite a bit, we'll say, well, God spoke to my heart. I use that all the time. And it's funny to me that we rarely have a problem with that. When I say to you, I was out praying, and I'll even give an illustration here in just in a moment. I was out praying, and God spoke to my heart. And people say, that's wonderful. God spoke to his heart. As long as it's just that, right? But anything else sort of creeps me out, makes me feel, uh, gets me to feel weird. But as long as just, okay, just, yeah, we can all, God, I was uh, praying and walking and, and uh, uh, musing over the passage, uh, you know, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. And I was just musing over that weight part, that weight part. And I was just telling the Lord, I was out walking and uh, praying and just, Lord, just this, this weight thing, this you know, and, and just praying about the next steps and, and, and what's next in the next chapter of our life. And, the, and, I, and this is what I said to the Lord. I said, Lord, it just seems like I'm guessing about so much. It just seems like I'm guessing about next steps. And the Lord spoke to my heart not long ago and said, don't guess, wait. And I thought, and it just felt good. I mean, it was just like he just brought that to my mind, right? No, no audible voice. Just don't guess. Just wait. I just, it was just like, oh, that's, yeah. That just seems to be like just from the Lord. And then just a few steps later, the old cynical Randall kicks in. And I said, now I'm guessing that that's what you said to me. So when I say the Lord spoke to my heart and said, we all have to at least be honest enough and humble enough to say that we're filtering it through our minds, filtering it through our hearts, because sometimes you might even say that you thought the Lord was leading in an area to find out later on that he wasn't. So we have to at least be humble enough to say, I, the Lord impressed upon my heart or the Lord said this to me or the Lord spoke to my heart and said, but we know it's also being filtered through our own understanding. But dear friend, I'm here to tell you this morning that when you're against the odds, when, the, when, it's, when it's beyond principles and you, and you have a need, you have a heavenly father whose ears are open and there's nothing that limits him at all. There's no situation or scenario to where he says, I don't know what we're going to be able to do with this. He is anxious. He is excited to get individually, personally involved with your life. Let me give you a, a couple of foundational statements about this matter of prayer and this matter of personal involvement in our life. I'm starting out with the most vanilla uh, this morning, and that is I believe God hears and answers prayer today. You believe that? I believe God hears and answers prayer today. By definition, friend, that in and of itself is a miracle. The very, fact that, the very fact that you said, I made a verbal prayer and I believe the God of the universe with all the other billions of folks he's keeping up with along with the universe itself heard my prayer distinctly and gave ear to what I was saying, that in and of itself is miraculous. 
So if that in and of itself is miraculous, this next statement shouldn't be hard to handle. I believe God heals and performs miracles today. Absolutely. Well, what about this kind of miracle and what about that kind of miracle? Let me just leave it at this first, right? I believe God heals and performs miracles today. Well, now those miracles that happened like in Jesus' day, come on. Here's the next statement. I am not at a disadvantage because of the tangible absence of Jesus. I cannot be at a disadvantage because of the physical, tangible absence of Jesus. John 16, 7. Jesus said, it is better that I go away so I could send the Holy Spirit to you. Now, I don't under, and I put, and I made it up as one of the questions for community groups. And friend, I really don't have a good answer for it. I don't know why Jesus had to go in order to send the Spirit. I mean, I understand the whole he was in a body thing. But he said, if I don't go, the Spirit can't come. So now I sent that out as a question. They're just, I don't know that there's a great answer. And if your community groups come up with a great answer, hey, send it on and we'll make a million bucks in a book. But this is what I do know. I know that I am at no disadvantage because of the tangible or physical absence of Jesus himself. Just because you can't touch Jesus doesn't mean Jesus can't touch you. He is as real right now as he was then. Oh, if Jesus was here, Jesus is here. And he is here uh, uh, in and through the Holy Spirit and now dwells in us. So I can be of no disadvantage uh, because of the tangible absence of the physical, uh, the, the physical presence of Jesus. I should not draw my conclusions based upon my experiences or lack thereof, but rather on scriptural teaching. What you believe God can do. What you believe God wants to do. Don't draw them from your own experiences or lack thereof. When I was 19 years old, I confronted, uh, me and a, a college buddy of mine, uh, confronted a, I believe she was demon-possessed. Just straight-up demon-possessed. And I won't get into the story now because you won't think of anything else after the story that I tell you or that I would tell you, but just I confronted her, we confronted her. It was a failure on our part. We were way too uh, novice about it or way too... Um, almost like it was a game to us, and uh, we walked out of that room uh, as, as failures, and she walked out without deliverance. But, but I believe that's what it was. Now, I have a scriptural basis to, to point to and say, here it, here it is 2,000 years ago, and I think I experienced it in that room back when I was uh, 19. If you were to say... Or show me somewhere in Scripture that, that the devil, and it's funny, right? Some people who believe in God doesn't even believe in the devil. And, and where'd you get the idea of God? Right? The same book that tells you about God uh, says that there's a, that said that there's a devil, so there's Satan, right? And Satan has demons. And now, now granted, it seemed like they were on every corner in the New Testament. 
And uh, that's, been a, that's been a one of for me a long time ago, and I've never desired to be in that same situation again. But nonetheless, if you were to take the scripture and say, well, now here's some scripture that says that I believe there's no more demon oppression or possession or whatever around the world, and if you could prove it from scripture, then I would explain my experience as something else then, right? Because I, I want to base my beliefs on the scripture and not my experience. Now, if you hold to that, then sort of the inverse or the opposite is true. Nor do I want to base what I believe on the Scripture based upon my lack of experience. Just because I haven't experienced something. After the service this morning, uh, Todd was telling us about when he was over on the mission field in Kenya. And, blind, and a blinded eye, it was one eye, couldn't see out of one, but a blinded eye was open. And Todd said, the, the, the crazy thing was we all laid our hands on him and believed for a healing and it took place. And then we didn't believe it, we had to make the guy prove it. So just because you have had limited experience in something doesn't mean it's not possible. So we don't base what we believe on our experiences, we base it upon the scripture itself. And therefore, I find no place in Scripture that tells me to lower my expectations in regards to God demonstrating His power today. I find no place in Scripture. And dear friend, I have, from the age of 17 years old, uh, it has been my heart's cry and desire to know this God. And I've looked and searched uh, for, his, for his fingerprints in my life and in the life of others and in, the, in, 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 in whatever work it is that we are wanting to do, always searching for what's, what is he up to and where is he working and what is he doing and how can I get in on that. And I find no place in Scripture that tells me to lower my expectations in regards to God demonstrating his power today. But then if I could do, uh, be honest with you, I am some, sometimes a little uncomfortable uh, with the whole idea of, you know, the whole idea of healings and or being healed, and uh, and and the uh, and the immediate healing, and and sometimes it makes me a little uneasy when folks talk about you know the the, the demonstrations of God's power as they've seen it in and around the world, and I just get a little uneasy, and I I've taken that to the Lord over the last year trying to sort of see what's, what's on the inside. Here's my confession, and I wrote it down on a note card, so it's not going to come up on the screen because I don't be, believe in putting negative things about me in print uh, for somebody else uh, to be able to take it and, and beat me up with it. So I wrote it down, uh, but here's why I find myself uncomfortable with it sometimes. Number one, there are charlatans that manipulate and exploit people in their most desperate moments, and I don't want to be associated with them. So that's a part of one of the reasons that it makes me feel a little uncomfortable sometimes. Nor do I want to propagate false hope for those who are hurting. And I'm very, I'm very aware of that. I'm very aware of getting up and talking about God being able to do and fill in the blank. And God being able to heal and there's nothing too hard for my God. And, and, and being able to say that and not just say it because it sounds good, but say it because I believe it and also say it because I want to see it. I have seen it, and I want to see more of it. I long for here. 
Number two, because there is potential for Satan to produce a counterfeit. Wherever God's at work, Satan will always be in and around the edges. 1 John 4, 1 says to try the spirits and to know what you're up against. Number three, it, it, to be quite honest, there's something about the timing of the healing sometimes. Now, can I just... I'm, I'm, I'm good with the... We, we pray over folks. We, you know, like, just like the scripture said, they'll come and ask for prayer and we pray over... I've prayed over folks at the, uh, at the hospital... I've prayed over folks in my office. I've, uh, we anoint folks with prayer. I've had on a few rare occasions, one in particular that I can think of this morning, where we prayed over the dear gal. She stood up in that moment and said, with big open eyes, Pastor, I think I've been healed. And I said to her, that's wonderful, but I'm telling you, I didn't believe it at the moment because of her condition. Now, thanks be unto God, there were other folks in there praying over. So hopefully it was the prayer of the other people tearing the roof off to lower the person to Jesus because it wasn't mine. And I can tell you that a, a long years later to where I don't feel as bad about it, but that's just the God honest truth. And the reason being it was because it was so immediate. I sort of like the, the prayers, you know, where we pray for you and then give some space and time in between and later on hear about how you were healed and praise the Lord. You know the reason I like that is because the space gives me cover and there's not a whole lot of pressure if, it's, if we're not expecting it right now. Uh, just being honest. Number four, my limited experience with immediate healing makes me feel like a novice, which is a blow to my ego. Number five, my fear of appearing foolish when I, when I desire to appear reasonable and smart. I like to be reasonable and smart. My wife tells me I'm smart. Sometimes it's like smart with another adjective, but it's, it's, she tells me I'm smart. I like to be smart. I want to be smart. I want to be knowledgeable of the scripture. And there's something about this whole area, healing and, and God moving and showing himself strong on our behalf that it, the, the crowd that it associates me with um, uh, and, and how other smart people will look up at me then. It's like, well, I don't, I don't want to be that. I don't want to appear foolish in front of them. And I brought this, this list to the Lord. And uh, this is what I've been praying about. Uh, over the last uh, several months. And the Lord spoke to my heart, and this is the, the words that I wrote down. And again, the Lord spoke to my heart, right? So the Lord spoke to my heart, and I wrote down that God told me that appearing foolish is inevitable. Either in front of those men, what if I st and then I wrote down, what if I stand before God and discover I underestimated what and how God wanted to demonstrate his power today. Who would I rather appear foolish in front of? Well, once you put it like that, I just want to make sure that I don't stand before him and that we don't get to heaven and realize there was a whole lot of unopened 
gifts and packages, a whole lot of, of his presence that we could have known and experienced and felt. Now, do you notice a theme here in my confession? It's how it makes me look, how it makes me feel. The whole, the, 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 thing I re, the thing I wrestled with the greatest when it comes to God healing and God showing himself and God demonstrating his power in our lives and in our church and in, in the work of God, I just, it's like I want to believe as much as I can believe and make sure I cover for myself. I want to believe as much as I can believe and, and make sure that I'm protecting my own image or my own ego. It's how it makes me look or how it makes me feel. And friend, that's the very thing that you've got to remove from the whole scenario because it's not about you and it's not based upon you. If you tell a story of God answering a prayer and you're the hero in that story, something was wrong. So don't, don't brag about what you've been able to get God to do and at the same time, don't beat yourself up about what you haven't been able to get God to do because it's not about you. The whole idea is to remove yourself from the scenario. The whole idea is to go to God with anticipation and excitement to see what God will do. What's God going to do? Uh, the answer is not based upon your determination, but rather your dependence. It's your dependence. It's your abiding in the vine. Without me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. So it's this matter of going to God and, and, and our dependence and our expectation and our anticipation is all on him. And we go with an excitement, yes, to pray. Open all the possibilities. Open all the doors of what God can do. I want them all open for you this morning. But just make sure that, it's, that, that we're looking to him and the excitement or the anticipation is on him. Let's see what God will do. The when, the what, and the how is on God. It's all on him. There's an amazing passage in, in Acts chapter 12, and it's just, we talk, we'll use it in, when it, uh, uh, about prayer meetings, right? And it's the, it's the passage where Peter was in prison, about to get uh, executed, and the church prayed, and God answered, and this miraculous deliverance, Peter gets out of prison, he comes and he knocks and he raps on the door, uh, a gal goes over to, to and, and she hears Peter's voice behind the door, and she doesn't even open the door. Now, get, get the scene. We're all in here praying, right, for somebody to be delivered from prison. And all of a sudden, we hear somebody knocking on the door while we're in here praying for somebody, for, for somebody to be delivered from prison. And come to find out the person we're praying for is behind that door. And we don't believe it. In fact, we even said it must be his ghost. It was like we wanted to, it was just like we wanted the, the you know, uh, God didn't hear it, it must be his ghost and he's here to, it's like we just want so bad to, to, to make excuses for God. When the fact was, he was behind the door. And we read that and it's supposed to build the faith in, in us to pray and pray we should. But it's interesting in that chapter, the first two or three verses in that chapter before it gets to this miraculous deliverance from prison, almost in passing it says, Herod executed James. 
Nothing else. Just, oh yeah, Herod also executed you. James was the Peter, James, and John, the James of the Peter, James, and John, that inner circle. James, who was on Mount Transfiguration with Jesus, that James. And he was executed. Now, this, the, Luke doesn't tell us, but I'm pretty sure they prayed for James too. It would be very uncommon for them not to pray for James, but only for Peter. Now, maybe Herod executed him so fast nobody got a chance to pray. I don't know. But all I know is in this one chapter where we celebrate God doing what we ask him to do, at the same, at the same time, how would you like to have been James's mama in the prayer group? It'd be like, that's great for Peter. But my boy, I'm going to his funeral. This, dear friend, is why it, why the, it has to be removed from you. Peter, they, uh, uh, Paul, they could take napkins and wipe them on him and touch other people and they'd be healed. And then you, then you read about Paul praying and tells Timothy, hey, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. Medicinal. He, uh, Paul talks about having to leave, oh, I had to leave so-and-so behind because he's sick. No, wait a minute, Paul. What do you mean he's sick? You heal. I know. God does and God doesn't. And you don't find Paul sort of like wrestling with himself like, oh, God, what's wrong with me? Because it wasn't Paul to begin with. It was what God wants to do when God wants to do it. The when and the what and the how is all on him. So therefore, let us ask and seek and knock and see what God will do. And our excitement and our trust and our dependence all rest upon him, the focus Dear friends, should be on him. Last passage. And I love this passage. And can I say to you that the Lord gave me this passage as well? And you're probably thinking, well, I hope he sort of gave you the whole thing. But, uh, you know, how much of it was you and how much of it was the Lord? But he gave me this just like this, just this last couple of weeks ago. Because I've just been bringing it to him. Lord, what about now? What about now? What about now? What am, what am I looking for now? Lord, where's your voice now? Where's your steps now? What are you doing in the world now? How can I get in on it? I want to see your hand. I want to see your power. I want to see your demonstration. I don't want to do what I've always done. Lord, you answered before. You've showed up before. You've, I've, I've experienced his fullness. I've experienced the, uh, his a fullness of spirit. I know where I was. There's places in and around the country that I'll revisit from time to time and I'll be able to say, Lord, I know what you did in this place and the words you gave me and what you said to my heart, but that is manna from yesteryear. Lord, I want fresh manna today and taking it to him. And then the whole idea of what can I expect from the Lord today? And here's, the, here's this beautiful, wonderful passage. Now unto him, Paul says, Paul says to the church at Ephesus, now unto him that is able now, who's he talking about? God, right? Now unto him who is able to do, look at these two words, exceeding abundantly. Exceeding abundantly. That's like if exceeding's not enough, let me throw also in abundantly. But now, here's what I love. Above all that ye can ask or think or you could say even imagine. What? Now to him who is able to do exceeding above abundantly all that, I'm able, all that I'm able to ask or think according to the power that worketh in me. Is that my power? That's not my power. That's his power. His power that's dwelling within me, right? Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus 
Do you see this? Throughout all ages. That could also be translated every generation. That's 2,000 years ago, New Testament. That's also 21st century because that's throughout all ages. World without end. And I love this. Right in the middle of the letter, Paul amends it. And I, because you can just imagine somebody wanting to step in and it's like, but what about, no, Paul, I'm sorry, don't amend it. But what about showing, I, I know I'd love to get into it, but I, I just, I've already amended it. It's down. Amen. So be it. Already amend you. So whatever you believe, whatever you think God can do, before you get into a what about this or what about that, I don't, it, the this or that really is not the issue. The question for you and the question for me is, have I experienced in my own personal life a power to change my life that exceeds what I could ask or think? Have you experienced that kind of power in your life? Have you seen that kind of life change? Because, dear friend, that's the greatest miracles of them all. And yes, pray for the physical healings, but to be honest, Lazarus died twice. So I'm, but I'm all for God showing up and giving and, and blessing and, and, and showing grace with physical healing. But the greatest uh, miracles is a life, true life change where you're a different person, more like Jesus, because, friend, that's what this world needs most. A testimony of a physical healing would be wonderful, but to be quite honest, it'll be short-lived. But a life change, well, that'll affect and empower generations beyond. Your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandchildren will be different people because you parented your kids who parented their kids who parented their kids. That's why you need the power of the Holy Spirit living within you and the things that you think that are beyond your capability, the things that you wrestle with and the things that have had you bound and the challenges that you faced and the heart that, that, that you've had hurting, that you see no healing from, I'm telling you, dear friend, th there is a power of the Spirit of God that dwells in you. And all he says is, I want you to experience it exceeding abundantly above. Not just what you prayed for, but beyond your own imagination. Those of a broken heart this morning. Those who are in a relationship that seem beyond repair and you see no way out and no, there are no principles for that. You have a child, a wayward child, and, and they seem so far from God and you just can't imagine that person turning around and changing their life. I'm telling you, there is a God. And he answers prayer and he hears the prayer of the brokenhearted. Folks in here this morning with the sound of my voice chained by addictions. Or some sort of turmoil, you've been hurt, you've been harmed when you were a child, and you've not been able to forgive that person. And you would even say yourself, that inability for me to be able to forgive, I just know that it's got to be planting and doing some sort of bitterness in my heart. But, but, but Randall, I just don't see how. i got a great verse for you. Unto him who is able 
Friend, where you see your life now and whatever distance it is to where you see your best life in God, the distance between there and now and there is found in this verse right here where we call upon a God believing he has all power, trusting that he's, he, is, he is going to do. Now, he may not do what I want, but he is absolutely going to do. And resting in his excellency to do it. Would you bow your heads with me, please, for just a moment? I'm going to have a word of prayer. We're going to participate in communion. Um, After that, uh, Pastor Eric will come back up. We have a couple of announcements, take an offering, dismiss, and most people will go out the doors. If you're here this morning and you have a special burden upon your heart, I just want you to... I want you to cast your care upon the Lord and let's see what God will do. Place it upon him. Place it upon him. Uh, we'll have folks up around the stage that'll be um, more than, ha- that's why they'll be here. They, they want to pray with you. We just don't want you leaving with something on your heart, heavy upon your heart. Let us pray with you about that. Ask this week, here's the passage to mull over in your mind. Where am I seeing this exceeding abundantly? above all I could ask or imagine. Where is that? What do I need to yield to? What is the Lord pointing to right now with our heads bowed and eyes closed? What is the Lord pointing to right now in my life? Where's the weakness? Am I covering for my own ego and my own pride? Where is that? Father, bless, I pray, your word as it goes forth. Help each of us, Lord, to leave here in a few moments with a deeper desire to experience and to see this abundantly above all we could ask or imagine, the power working within us throughout all generations, world without end. Amen.